Good morning. Y'all hear me okay? Guess I got to get a little closer here. All right. I think you two were here last week, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, y'all know the answers, right? All right, so we're doing uh, chapter 48, A Covenant is Cut. And uh, we'll just do a little review. Where did God have Abram look for strength for his, of his faith, to strengthen his faith? Do you remember? He told them to look somewhere, look up. What was he looking at? Nope. What's in the sky at night? Stars. Look to the stars. The starry sky, Abram's family would be as numerous as the stars. That's a big family, huh? How many, how was Abraham, Abram counted righteous by God? You're, you're, uh, you're pleading absent? <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. It's the same way we're, we are declared righteous by faith. Yep. All right, through faith in God's promise. All right, we're going to read uh, Genesis 15, 7 through 12. I think I'll read 7 all the way to 21 because it leaves out a little information. Um, so here are the three questions in this story. We'll read the questions. That way you can kind of be prepared to answer them later. In this story, what was Abram's struggle to believe? So number one, he had, he had asking God um, that he was, he was telling God, well, how can I really know for sure? So he had a question. He was struggling to believe. Uh, when night came, what passed between the dead animals? Okay, that's going to be in our story. So we'll find out what passes through the dead animals between them. What did God call the relationship he entered into with Abram? Okay, so we got those three. Let me find a bookmark here. This mic does pick up everything on. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to start chapter 15 of Genesis 7. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite of the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. Okay, so he's got these, he's got these three animals down the middle. He cut them and laid them on their side and made like a like a walkway 
decorated with dead animals cut in half. Okay. And when the turtle, when when the vultures came down uh, on the carcass, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. And then he said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them for four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they will come out with great possessions. Does that ring a bell of anything? Maybe Egypt? <laughs> now, for, now as for you, you shall go to your father in pe- fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down, And it was dark, that behold, there was a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the the Kazinites, and the Kadamites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Rapham, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Gergeshites, and the Jebusites. Ooh, they like that last word, huh? The ites. You think they're all related? Which ite family are you from? Yeah? That is a lot of confusing words. All right. Okay, so we'll go back to our questions. All right, in this story, what was Abram struggling to believe? Do you remember? <clears throat> that, that God was gonna, going to give them, his descendants, all this land. So he's like, okay. All right, I believe I'm going to have descendants because he had faith, right? He believed God. Um, so now he's saying, all right, your family's going to have all this land. Was, so he asked him, how can I know for sure? Um, when night came, what passed between these dead animals, the two halves? Remember? No. Nope. There was a flaming a torch. torch? A torch in the oven. In an oven, yeah. And that's the representation of God in the walking. All right, so what did God call this relationship he entered into with Abram? It's a fancy word. A covenant. You know what a covenant is? It's basically like today it's a, a contract. I want to, I want something done. I want a building built. Well, we sign a contract. All right, you do you build the building. I agree to pay you for building the building. Okay, so there's a contract, there's stipulation, or if you don't do your part and I don't do my part, there's, there's consequences of not fulfilling your part of that contract. Okay, so we'll see what the, 
what this contract is that God's making and what the consequences are. God confirmed his promise to Abram by a way of covenant or contract, a covenant ceremony. When Abram doubted God's promise of children, God gave him a sign. Look to the stars, he told Abram. When Abram doubted God's promise of Canaan, God gave him another sign. He told Abram to cut up a bunch of animals, lay their dead bodies side by side. What a strange sign. Why would God do this? In Abram's day, this was a common way of making a covenant. Okay, so, so Abram was, was used to this kind of uh, contract or covenant. You know, you'd have more than likely leaders of a nation. If they fought, then would come to agreement. Okay, I'll protect you, but you got to pay me. So we'll walk through these animals. This is, this is a covenant we'll make, and we'll find out what some of the uh, results of breaking that covenant is. Uh, the dead bodies of the animals were lined up to form a pathway. Each person entering into the special relationship would walk between these slaughtered animals. By doing so, they were saying, let me be torn apart like these beasts if I break this covenant. Okay, so go ahead. be a little easier, huh? Be a little easier. All right, so what was unique about this covenant between God and Abram is that only one person walked between the dead animals. Y'all remember who walked between them? The symbolic things that went in between the animals? Remember? The torch in a hot oven, which represented God. Um... Abram prepared everything, but he fell asleep. He never walked the bloody stained path. Only God did in the form of a fiery furnace and a torch. God was saying to Abram, let me, uh, dis let me be dismembered like these animals if I fail to keep the promises of this covenant. He was taking the curses of the covenant on himself while Abram was was nothing more than a sleeping spectator. God was guaranteeing that he would make Abram into a great nation through which all nations would be blessed. One more thing here. All right. So just to expound on that a little bit, God is saying to Abram, keep trying to say Abraham, Abram by implication and by implication to all of God's people. This covenant does not depend on our obedience to the law um, or obedience depend on our obedience but on mine. So it's God's, God's obedience. I swear by my own life that this promise will come to pass. We see that God is not swearing on his mother's grave. Well, I swear in my mother's grave. Or he does not put his hand on the Bible I swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And he doesn't say, cross my heart, hope to die, poke a needle in my eye. Okay? God is swearing by the greatest thing possible, his life, his very existence. God, being God, has always existed and will always exist because God cannot die. There is no greater guarantee 
to swear by. And as, and as, as if no further, uh, to further confirm that our righteousness does not depend on our obedience of God's law, God credits Abram with righteousness before he gives Moses the Ten Commandments. Abram's faith was counted to him as righteousness. And if we have faith in Christ, our faith too will count as righteousness. Which brings to mind Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, but a gift from God. All right, so let's look at the last little part here. All right, so why did God tell Abram to cut a bunch of animals in half? So this was this was God's way of confirming his promise to Abram by making a covenant. So Abram's real familiar with this method of of making agreements and uh I'm sure it was quite convincing to both parties that they should keep their promise otherwise they get right um, this was a common practice in Abram's day the animals cut in half to form a uh, walkway both people walked through it uh, telling each other that they would become like these dead animals if they were not faithful to their prom promises all right so who walked through the bloody stained pathway Abram prepared And what did the, the torch in the furnace represent? God. All right, so only God walked through through that. So God was saying, all right, if, this, if I don't keep my promise, let this happen to me. All right, how was God's covenant promise ultimately brought about in Christ? It's a little harder one. So Christ suffered the curse of sin so that the nations would be blessed with salvation. He became like these slaughtered animals, dying on the cross and suffering under God's wrath. And he did so all alone because he bore the curse of our sin so that we would not have to. So salvation, as Revelation says, is of the Lord. All right, All right let's close in prayer. Dear Father in heaven and our gracious God, Father, we thank you, praise you, for you are worthy of all praise, glory, and honor. And we thank you, Father, that you keep your promises and that we can look to your faithfulness throughout your Bible to all of your believers, all the saints in the past, and help us confirm that you are truthful, that you keep your promises. And we thank you for the promise of a Savior, the Savior Jesus Christ. And we thank you that he was willing to come and suffer and die for our sake. And may we uh, grow in our faith, Father, and look to your promises. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.